Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex Mahanad is here. Hello. And he's lively. And Bernie is here. Leave me alone. And he's not. <laughs> How are we doing, lads? Uh, Bernie, are you as sad as you sound? Uh, very much so. Very, very, very sad. Very, very, very sad. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Mo, do you have your therapist hat on? Because we might need it. No. Hell no. Right, Bantasaurus Rex is in the house. Yes, definitely. This is this is a, this is why we're alive. This is why we watch football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is true. There is no inherent meaning to life. This is probably it. <laughs> yeah, if I'm gonna start sympathizing with Manchester United fans, then I mean, who am I? You know. Fair we enough. Ruined, we ruined many childhoods, so we deserve it. That's fine. Yes. That's fair enough. Um, I mean, I, on on that, I will start with uh, a couple of questions. Um, I mean, three out of the four questions we have this week are about <laughs> Manchester United. One is, well, one's not even a question, it's just a statement. United are crap and only getting more crap. Drink it in, fellas. That's from Curran, at Curran BOP on Twitter. Um, Chev Chelios says, why is Beelzebub running things at Manchester United? Uh, Bernie, is that the case? Is the devil, uh, has the devil infiltrated your club? Have you seen Joe Glazer's face? I mean, like he's the ugliest human being on earth, so he probably would cl- would classify as like at least a demon, if not the devil. So, but demon, demon now means a good thing. Someone's a demon. It means like they're ripping it up. They're like a demon. You know, they're like they're good. Uh, we were not, not where I come from, bro. <laughs> I'm still not. I'm still third world on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and Raúl. At Carvapoli on Twitter says, which of Ten Hag's decisions was more perplexing? The 90th minute triple substitution or the navy blazer on white crew neck look? I'll say because I didn't watch the game. Yeah. I'll say seeing the picture of that blazer. The thing is, on its own, it's not bad, but I'm pretty sure he worked with trainers and and that annoys me. It's just the thought that he did that. Anyone can confirm if he did, please confirm. They they all do that though these days. I mean, we'll get to it, but um, Hasenhutl was in uh, a vest, like shirt, vest, dress pants, and sneakers. It was a fucking disgrace. Yeah, Hasenhutl wears vests like they're nothing. Like he doesn't, he doesn't think about a vest. He just puts one on every morning. Like he's always in a vest. Which means like if he goes to a black tie event, it's just not normal. Exactly. They don't need to tell him. It's a black it feels tie as event. if like the league needs Arteta to save it from a fashion implosion because. Arteta no one has... He's also young. He's also like 39, so he has some sense of fashion still left in him. As he, he, to has he has sauce. He has sauce, and I feel like he's the only one who has sauce. I can't think of another guy. Scott Parker tries. He tries with his jacket. But, but Arteta also have the, has the look, so you know Arteta has the look where he can yeah. just rock up in a black t-shirt and he looks fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. We need Mancini back in the league. I think, yes. I think that's a summary of this. And you know what? I mean, we'll get to Leicester, but the, the, that, that may be coming. Um... Also, also, I, I'd say that uh, what's the Spurs manager called? Conte. Um, Conte didn't go through all that hair operation to not be included in this list. That's true. So, That's pay true. some respect. Put some respect on his name. And you know what? He needs to give uh, his contact details to Gabriel Maglahesh because I don't know. Probably only Arsenal fans are paying close enough attention to this, but at the start of last season. Gabriel had the whole like bald thing, same as Rob Holding, right? Bald, but like got the thing. And then, you know, within a couple months of the season, he had a full head of hair. Lush. And, and now it's gone back to where it was. I <laughs> was wondering. So what, people don't, taken. Um, what people don't realize is that Arsenal fans had so much time on their hands the last couple of seasons that really the most exciting thing was which player <laughs> drew their hair and which player got hair. Like, like Holding was, at, we talked about this, Holding was out, injured, because he was in Turkey doing his thing or whatever, like actually out for two to three weeks. He's like, okay, guys, like nothing's happening here anyway. Can I go get my hair transplant operation? And they're like, yeah, cool, whatever. Your first choice anyway is good. I remember the Gabriel thing. Like, I remember us talking about how like he had no hair and then he had hair. And then oh, I, I wouldn't ask you guys, but I saw like the patchiness. Yeah. I was like, did he have that on? I couldn't remember if he had it or not. Maybe he so, just had a spray on. <laughs> Possible. This is what happened. This is what happened. Everybody was happy with their falling hair, and then Ben White joined the squad, and they all felt like they have to step up from a looks perspective. They're like, I mean, okay, this is a Villa 
playboy. This is not going to work. Like, he's a center back partner. He's standing next to him all game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's relative. And now Saliba's there. I mean, good God. Good luck yeah. to you. Like, imagine trying to do an offside trap while you're looking at that head of hair and thinking about yours. Yeah, his, his, his hairline is offside, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Gabriel needs to uh, try again, I think. But I mean, it's possible that he got it done too young. Is it? Because well, the process is still going on, right? You Anyway. Wasn't there also a couple of players that recently... I mean, this is the important stuff, so let's just focus yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a couple of players recently that came out as, like, they were involved, but they chose to, like, Dembaba, I think, was one of them? Ashley Young. Ashley Young. Young. Like, there's a couple of players, like, you did this on purpose. I mean, to be fair, most of them looked better. Maybe it's just familiarity. But, like, I was really surprised with some of these players that came out recently. Like, clearly, this yeah. is just an option. And then, oh, Aubameyang. Oh! Wow. Jesus. This is going backwards. What a hairline. His career. Yeah, what a hairline. He needs a LeBron James hairline treatment. Because, wow. Well, also, but some people, it's not their hairline in the sense of receding. It's just their head, like Sadio Mane and Jovinho. Jovinho <laughs> <laughs> had curtains put in, man. <laughs> some, guy, some, guy, some guy showed up in his house and started measuring his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the picture on Twitter someone drew of like this mashup of Wenger and Jovinho? It was brilliant. No. It, was, it was absolutely amazing. It's, it's was it like, oh god, that sounds terrifying. It was like Wenger's face with Gervinho's curtains. It was great. <laughs> Good god, <laughs> one of the best signings ever made. Especially when when we thankfully dodged the Hazard bullet. You know? yeah, I mean, yeah, thank yeah, God yeah. for that. Yeah, 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 a great contribution to sex workers. Just saying, <laughs> Gervinho. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, have a little Google. Google. It. Yeah, but yeah, but, but choose your words carefully. Well, yeah, I mean, depending on what device you're on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe throw a VPN on it. I don't know. <laughs> throw, throw an incognito. No yeah. shirt links, just text. Just text only. <laughs> All right, there's a whole weekend of football to get to. Uh, let's have a little a little rumble in the jungle. Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 0. Um, Mo, the we were talking last week about how kind of exciting preseason was and Arsenal's form and what have you. And the first half an hour good god they looked like brazil 72 it was crazy the football they were playing i am just glad because the haters that random computer that isn't random put us again for like the third year running away from home on a friday after what happened at brentford last season they could not wait to revel in our in our misery and it did not happen and that is what i'm most satisfied about and you're right the first half an hour i mean Someone was talking about how, like, you watch how City play and how suffocating they are and how almost bland and boring they are because they just control the, the game the whole way. And I think Arteta kind of almost, that's kind of his hope, his plan for, for whatever team is coaching at this moment at Arsenal. And I think we saw that in the first 30 minutes. Like, we're obviously not good enough to do it over the entire game, especially not away from home, especially not against a team that are as good as Crystal Palace. I mean, I know last season was a long time ago, but they did end very, very strongly. Vieira's doing good things, etc. They did lose Gallagher and all that good but we did for half an hour look to do exactly what Arteta wanted us to do. We were playing all the football in their half, suffocating them. We were kind of pressing on their mistakes, their build-up from the back. We didn't allow, you know, Anderson was a clear plan for them. I mean, he was just pinging balls to Zaha all game. And I think we did really well in the first 35 minutes, maybe even first the first half. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've I've liked George Anderson for, since he arrived in the Premier League, but I didn't quite realize that he was a rocket launcher like that. I mean, that was yeah, ridiculous. A little like Ramsdale. Nobody realized they had, they had feet. Yeah, until Ramsdale nearly put it into his own goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, again, it was exciting to finally have an Arsenal team that started the se- that started the first game of the season. Everybody, almost everybody fit with options. You know, when Tomeyas was out, ESR is out, you had Ben White that could come in, right? Because now you have a Saliba at centre-back. You have a Zinchenko that come in, even though uh, Tierney wasn't fully fit. I know he came on at the end. But like, it's good to kind of have those options. I mean, I look because the all or nothing is out now. So I kind of, you know, relived those three games from the beginning of the season. And I don't think I realized, like, the whole um, Brentford thing, like, I accepted the banter. But I don't think until now, kind of just looking back at it, did I realize that obviously we lost. I mean, when I look at the team that started, how they started, the COVID cases, that, you know, you had Kalasinachs and, and holdings. And, you know, it just obviously we were going to lose kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, I'm just glad that we have a fifth squad that seems to be clicking together. Jesus looked fantastic for the first 45 minutes before kind of we 
ceded some possession to Crystal Palace. And, you know, I'm excited to, for a home game coming up against Leicester. Leicester are not, you know, the easiest opposition, but it's a good test to kind of see where we really are. For this mm -hmm. I think so. Um, Bernie, on a scale of like not at all to you're meeting Maya Jama's boyfriend, like how jealous are you of Arsenal? <laughs> I was like, Maya Jama, where, where are we going with this? Then he said boyfriend, and it reminded me of a bad experience I had in life. Um, I mean, feel free. I'm st I'm st I'm not jealous at all. Like, I'm I'm really not like not at all. Like zero. I mean, I mean, just just for context, you did say United are going to finish above Arsenal this season, right? I'm it's I'm not, ready to give Alex for twenty dollars like now, but I'm not jealous of you at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. Why? Okay. Because there's nothing to be jealous of. Mm. There just isn't. Young, exciting team, a lot of talent. Yeah, uh, this thoughtfully is what you said together, last... Thoughtfully this... put together squad, team on the rise. It's nice, but this is what you said last season and it ended in tears, literally. No, no. It, it. It's going it to happen ended. again. I will be jealous of you in May if you don't bottle it as per usual okay. I'll be so very jealous of what that. it ended was it was it ended by being one point away from fourth where that was not the goal we did not think we were going to be anywhere near fighting the fourth we said let's just get into europa we'll be happy and then obviously towards the end things got exciting you have to get kind of caught up into the excitement of the whole thing like oh my god we're so close to fourth blah, blah, blah. so i would say like the signings that we made last season were like stat padding of the squad in areas like, you know, Tomeyasu and in blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But now, I think just with the addition of, like, actually starting 11s, I'm, I'm you know, again, our second bottle, we know this, this happens, fine. But that aside, they've, they've all done the right thing. Now it just has to come together. I can't fault them for the effort and decisions so far. I, I, I give you that, like we said, we talked about David Luiz, them, and that whole era, right? Like, it was a nonsense, that, and I think everyone understands that, and I think Arsenal learned from that, right? Like, last season signings, and even this season signings, it's clear that someone sat down and said, look, that was stupid, mm -hmm. let's do this. And that is wonderful. But until you actually see, like, the fruit of it, let me call it that, right? Like, there's nothing for me to be interested about, particularly, because Mohamed was literally celebrating and so happy and then all then literally was crying and alex was trying to console him and tell him to be reasonable <laughs> so i i don't i don't need to be jealous when i know that the possibility of Mohan's tears coming back again are very 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 <laughs> but, possible <laughs> i mean as reasonable a point as that is you know better than anyone that it's it's more about the trajectory and the the journey than it is the the destination. Like, I, I yeah, don't know what you're talking about. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's about the end, man. I don't care about the journey. Oh god. <laughs> oh no. Oh, Journey's dear. too painful for me. I just want to fast forward all the way to the end. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's uh, let's do this. Let's talk about Fulham to right, Liverpool. Right, to, right, yeah, yeah, right. go on. Final point on William Saliba. Beast. I mean. He's already been overblown. Like, like I cannot do any more of that, regardless of what I say. So, mm -hmm. so I cannot be accused of that. But it, it's just exciting to see his first game back at Arsenal and actually see what the, all the hype was about. And honestly, I mean, the best thing since uh, Beckham Power Van Dyke kind of loved you. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, I mean, it was unbelievable. And if this is only what he can do at 21 and he only gets better from here, I just hope we can sign him. Because come the World Cup, you're a starter for Arsenal. You potentially are in the French squad and potentially playing. Then what? You know, you've got a couple of months left on your contract. God help us. I need this signed, like, today. I think he was really good. I, I did. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought he was really good. Especially, like you said, his first game. Like, mm -hmm. which is, like, what, three years after you signed him? Mm -hmm. And he didn't even really want to come back? Yeah. Like, something had to change in that preseason. He was really, he, he was really good. That said... It probably should end at two-two, and that that does tell you something about how not, not him, not league. him. Maybe his sure. maybe his partner, maybe something else. I don't know. But that's but just the league. to be that I, good in a game where they probably should have scored as many as you. I think the takeaway from the whole weekend is like this league is going to be extremely difficult every single game, and I think it's going to be topsy-turvy. We say this about every season of the Premier League, but just this first week, and we'll talk about the other scores. Just felt like. 
nothing is a given. You can maybe choose three games a season that are a given, but like the rest, anything can happen. And I don't we'll get to it, but like it actually just highlighted, really highlighted how hard this league can be. Mm-hmm. Make and, a point and, and Bernie, you're right because you know Edward missed a sitter, and I think it was Eze that yeah. missed a missed a sitter as well. Like people held them up as good Ramsdale saves, but really they they were bad misses. Yeah, Martinelli had a, an open goal as well. Like, ain't, ain't. yeah, if you, if you go that way, it's never ending. But just on Eze, like, you know what? I don't think he'll make it as a as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Top top elite. Yeah, like he's exciting in these spurts or whatever. Like whatever Zaha is. He's going to be below that. Like, I know we got mm-hmm. excited about him and Olise and whatever. And I think Olise probably has more upside. Because I don't think Eze has, you know, into Twitter, the dog in him or whatever. He just <laughs> seems so relaxed and so chill that I'm like, no, you're, you're not mm-hmm. not going to make it to, to that level. He's still think. young. And I think I think Eze, I see him moving a lot more central compared to an Olise who's like, seems like a very pure winger. I see Eze as kind of slowly moving centrally in whatever the team, as he kind of grows in the team. I see Olise as a much more kind of direct winger. But speaking of, like you mentioned Zaha, my brother, we were watching the game and he just kind of said, man, Zaha is just unlucky in his career trajectory. Like he, my brother's like, he just feels way too good to be displaying in this Crystal Palace team. I think it comes down a lot to like personality issues and blah blah blah. But like also at the same time, it didn't work out at United. That was his big move at the time. But like I think I tend to agree. Like his career is a bit underwhelming in the sense that he's better than just being a Crystal Palace talisman. So he is, and maybe that's why he's so angry all the time. <laughs> like he exerts way more energy of beefing people than he does on being good. But the th- the problem is he kind of did it to himself. So the United thing, maybe he was too young, maybe he wasn't ready for it, whatever. He comes back to Crystal Palace and then he just kept signing massive long-term contracts. And you can you can respect him for that, for the loyalty and for, you know, playing at home and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, that meant that Palace just priced him out of it every time anyone wanted to buy him. He pulled um, Harry Kane, right? Like, because mm-hmm. didn't you guys come in and then they said 70 million and you were like, come on, mate. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And then you bought Pepe. But like, this is what happened, like, at that point. So yeah. why, again, why sign this contract for was it six years or something? He signed a stupid yes. contract. It's, it's called, a, I think five, it's called a Moyes contract. Yeah, uh, yeah a no, not a party uh, contract. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Moyes, yeah. are we still? We're still paying him, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We're still paying a lot of people. <laughs> uh, Fulham two, Liverpool two. Mo, you were speaking about how difficult the league is. I mean, here you go, Fulham. Everyone tipped to go down. Everyone says, you know, Mitrovic isn't going to score goals in the Premier League. And I don't think this is conclusive proof that he will. But nonetheless, um, they gave Liverpool a right game. Uh, yeah, I mean, took, took Nunez coming on and, and changing it. Speak of Speaking of the dog in him, I mean, that was pretty much Mitrovic's game plan. <laughs> I mean, he had Van Dijk on strings. He had an unbelievable game against one of the best centre-backs in the world. Um, and one of the worst defensive right backs in the world. I heard but, someone say that Mitrovic was hard to deal with because he was almost too slow. Like Van Dijk couldn't, <laughs> couldn't work out why he was moving so slowly. Well, because Van Dijk usually is the one that's moving slow on purpose. Like, but I'm still faster than this guy. <laughs> and he had an unbelievable game. I think Fulham as a whole, like really, I, I think they didn't give Liverpool too much respect which is kind of the right balance that I think they hit. I think Liverpool had a couple of issues in the... Henderson was not having a great game at right center mid. Uh, Van Dijk did not have his best game. Trent defensively did not have... So a lot, of, a lot you know, have to go obviously follow his way, and that's fine. But I, I worry about that Liverpool midfield, especially I think Thiago's out four to five weeks. Six, or yeah. Whatever. So other than Fabinho, Thiago, and Henderson, and I don't think Henderson is good enough to go an entire season playing in both major competitions with Liverpool... They pretty much only got two out of three. Now, for the next six weeks, they got one out of three. Keita has never really done it. Ox is not it. The young guys are the young guys. I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure Liverpool are guaranteed second, especially with, like, Firmino pretty much also throwing the towel in. And Diaz is trying, but he's no money. Like, again, this might be knee-jerk, and they might blow the next team out of the water 6-0. But I just, we said this in preseason, they feel weaker than last season. I think they're they do feel weaker and they probably are weaker than last season, but then you're then asking Spurs to make a very large step up, which 
I think they're going to make an incremental step up, but I don't think large enough to overturn that Liverpool machine. Mane is gone, but like, what, they're going to go from 97 points to 85 or something like that? Like, you know, it's while City maintain what they're going to maintain. Like, I, I think that's really the core of it more than anything else. Um, but yeah, on the game, Van Dyke was rubbish. Like he was, he was horrible. And Mitrovic had a great game. Trent. Okay. You know what I think about that? Um, I was more impressed by what's his name in midfield and for Fulham. What's his name? I was like, who is this? (laughs) What is going on? There was a point in the game where Fulham were actually dominating the ball. And Liverpool were chasing shadows. I was like, why is this happening? I don't understand. I couldn't, like, it was wild. Also, also when I hear a Palinia, I'm expecting small, nifty, skillful. <laughs> this guy is dude. He's a big, tall, bulky dude that's running around making these crazy tackles. I was like, like, he just stood out so clearly. You know, especially when I have no idea who he is. I'm not following Fulham last season. So for someone to stand out that I've never seen, like, he clearly had an unbelievable yeah, the big signing for them. It reminded me of when they randomly got Jean-Michel Serri when like Barcelona and the rest of Europe were trying to, and that didn't work out very well. But like, it kind of feels feels like that a little bit. Um, at Donyaya says, I'm sure you'll all laugh at United, so I'll divert my attention to Liverpool. How on earth did Darwin Nunez end up with a goal and assist against Fulham? I swear the guy has a tall Timo Werner with a bit more luck. Um, early doors early doors for these kind of shouts, maybe. But uh, I mean, it's not like people we haven't expressed doubts during preseason. That said, he came on and Liverpool instantly looked a lot better. Yeah, I mean, if it's relative to Firmino, you're going to do that. But yes, I still have slight doubts, but I think he's also like going to cater to Liverpool and to Salah and to his teammates, so he'll kind of be involved enough. But, I, you know, is he... I think his contributions, kind of the standout contributions will be more like getting headers maybe that someone else wouldn't have, right? But I don't think he's going to run the game on the ground kind of thing. I just think Salah needs to do something, Diaz needs to do something exciting, and and uh, he'll be kind of at the end of them. But you never know if he kind of really gets into it, and it might be exciting. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not super, super convinced just yet, um, especially for that price. I think the thing with him is that, like, I saw someone, I can't remember who said that he's the, he's Timo Werner with, with the luck going his way or something like that. I found yeah, it interesting. Like, yeah. and And it's... But it's because he's got that dog in him, which I'm going to probably say from now until like <laughs> the end of the year. Like he tried the back heel finish twice in the space of two minutes. Like that's some intestinal fortitude that a man has to have to fail at that and then try and try it again. again. And then the second time it comes off the defender. Like, I think he even missed it, and it comes off the defender and goes in. And be shameless in your celebration about it. Like, he's he's determined to to win. And even if he scores 10 goals, he will have impacted the team for, like, another 20 just by being there. So he's going to be useful. Yeah, he will. That's fair. If he gets 10 and Salah gets 47, they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also just, incidentally, they looked a lot better once uh, Harvey Elliott came on. He was very good. That little ball, oh, he's slipped through to Salah for the cross. Oh, because Henderson is horrendous. Also, yeah. Thiago reverted to first season Thiago <laughs> in that game. It was very, very delicious to watch. <laughs> very, very thumbs up Fair <laughs> enough. Um, moving on to uh, Liverpool's great rivals. Former rivals? Former rivals, Manchester United. I was like, I don't know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, Bernie, we thought, we expected Manchester United to be better than last year mm-hmm. um, because there's a coach, there's a philosophy and, sure. um, you know, you've made some signings, although I'm really not sure what the point of a couple of them is. Um, but like, this wasn't better in any way at all. <laughs> no. The best part, Bernie, sorry, the best part is when we asked Bernie for his reaction about this game, he just said, Eric lied. And that <laughs> floored me. It just floored me. Uh, Alice, what's the question? Sorry, because I don't, I don't know. What why are you shit? Just like, why, why, why was this almost worse than last season? Like, you would, you would have you, thought, like, first game of the season, new manager, like, there'll be a little bit of a bounce like a, a sign you want the of serious answer or do you want the banter nothing. answer Whatever. Which, which one do you want both serious because the serious one is 
you're playing a false nine with Christian Eriksen as the false nine in the Premier League. Like, like the man's. I'm not going to make that joke, but you get what I'm. <laughs> you get what I'm going with that. Like, Christian Eriksen should never be a false nine anyway. Agreed. Like, that's that's a stupid thing to do. You have no focal point of a striker at all. To, like against Brentford, sorry, who was it? Brighton in the Premier League. It may, it just makes no sense. Secondly, is like you are playing the same players, asking them to pass the ball when these players are built to run. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I've been saying this forever. You have to either overhaul the squad completely or do what they're good at, which is mid-block, counter, and run. Like, it doesn't make sense to ask these guys to tip-tap the ball. They can't do it. Scott McTominay cannot do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Scott McTominay is aggro and gets the ball to Bruno Fernandes. That's seen, all he can do. Have you seen the tweet where it's a picture of McTominay with his collar up like he's Eric Cantona, and the Man. United fan just said, this is the moment where I know the club is going to shit. <laughs> there, there was, there's a, because I only watched, like, like send the highlights of this game. There's a picture I saw on Twitter where McTominay is running with the ball, and he's basically just outside the penalty box with mm-hmm. three options either side of him or whatever. And the tweet is, can you believe this ended with a yellow card to the guy with the ball? <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't seen that moment, but it's like, you can't do this. You have to use the strengths of the team. And Eric is a little bit too arrogant, and all of a sudden now he's like, Oh, I guess I learned that lesson and, and then not learning the lesson by trying to sign a bunch of fools. So. so, yeah, so I watched this game and, like, you guys started off okay. You know, the problem is Brighton just weathered a little bit of that kind of United excitement at the start of the game. And he looked fine and Bruno was trying, but his finishing was off and whatever. And Ericsson, you know, was spraying some balls around and things looked okay-ish. The problem, though, was, like, it felt like the ball kept going out to Rashford and Sancho for some individual brilliance that never came. Like, it just didn't happen. and. It just felt like there was too much reliance on, okay, you guys out wide got to do something exciting because Fred and McTominay aren't going to do it. Bruno is already in the box, and you're pretty much left with nothing. Like, there's nothing happening unless Sancho or Rashford take on two guys that are now inside the box. So it just felt like there wasn't really a huge plan. It felt like Brighton just kind of waited to see, okay, how is this game going to go? And then once kind of you guys ran out of literally ran out of ideas because nothing was happening, Brighton was like, okay, we can now pass the ball around, and keep possession. And they have so many little... They have pretty much the opposite of United. They don't mm-hmm. have a lot of runners. I mean, you look think of just well and March. And, yeah, it's just well. Like, everybody else is nifty, little touches, keep possession, do your thing. And, oh, Caicedo, again, another one that just stood out like crazy. He was, mm-hmm. he was like, it's everywhere. Everywhere I looked at him, I'm like, are you sure this is the same person? <laughs> and he was just like, he was just running around doing his thing and, like, and to your point, Monet, in this, from what I've been made to understand, in the second half when Ericsson played deeper, United actually started doing things. Yep. And I'm like, again, it makes sense. You want to pass the ball. <laughs> you get someone in the middle who can pass the ball around. It's Yo, not rocket science. Like it, it took just, out Fred. It took out Fred. Then he pulled the uh, uh, Ericsson. Yeah, and Ericsson. Ericsson lowered like. Mm-hmm. deeper down in the midfield and it worked a lot. I'm surprised it was Fred and not McTominay but I guess he thought maybe McTominay could be a little bit more defensive or like give some energy in the midfield but like mm-hmm. Fred was one of your best players at the end of the last season and potentially this game he was trying the best I think in the first half he was your best player like he was Mate, trying to make things happen when when Ten Hag saw that McTominay wasn't getting sent off for crunching someone <laughs> in the mid in the middle of his shin he was like well he's not going to get sent off at all for anything so I might as well leave him on <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think oh, props to Brighton as well for and and Welbeck especially. Like he oh. ran the channels. He seems to like playing against United. Welbeck. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised because they dumped him after you know he he was yeah. you know Van Hal threw him away to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he he knocked you out of an FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we won't elongate your pain too too much, but I really want to know the answer to this question. Mm. What the fuck is the point in the Sandra Martinez? What is the point? I, I can tell you what I thought. I thought the point was... I actually thought it was a smokescreen for him to play as defensive midfielder, is what I thought. I thought, okay, he's a centre-back who can play defensive midfielder. You put him next to Ericsson if Frankie doesn't come or something like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I literally thought this was what I was going to see. Like a Maguire Varane or Lindelof, whoever, whatever combination that is. With Lissandro in, they call him the butcher for goodness sake, and he can pass the ball. <laughs> I'm like, 
this makes sense to me. But again, Eric goes, no, you're a center back and I want to pass the ball. It's like, bro, he can't. So, they literally gave, he gave away what should have been a penalty yep. because he doesn't have the speed and doesn't have the strength for it. I'm like, they're going to abuse the shit out of him this year if he keeps this up. Okay, he so here's a new here's... center back last season. And it was, like, I mean, I know Varane has been terrible since he walked in, but like, he just spent 60 million on replacing him with the midget. So here's, a, here's my thought. And this might be different than what people thought. Watching, just watching the game. I thought Martinez had a fine game. I thought he had an okay game. I thought he was the better of the two center backs. Yes, he had his moments. You know, the penalty, whatever. Sure, it's McGuire. I get it. But I thought he was okay for his Premier League debut, for his tenacity, for kind of his passing, his calmness on the ball. I thought, I mean, if, if he had that kind of game for, for my club as, as a debut, yes, they, you guys conceded two goals, but they're not necessarily just his fault kind of thing. Like, I thought he was okay. I thought... First game, whatever. Can he play in different positions? Yeah, but like he is a center back and he did fine. Now the problem is you're saying don't play him there. Who are you going to play? Baran. Baran has been horrendous for you guys. Mm-hmm. Who's the other guy with that Lindelof? Like Lindelof. you just don't have options. You like Manchester United needed a center back. Now whether it's him or not, that's a different story. But you guys did need a center back because <laughs> the fact that Maguire is the is the solid option there and you're switching his partner so it tells you all you need to do because you need two center backs. So yeah, sorry, sure, but sure, I, sure. It's your club, so I'll I'll let you come in in a second. But I just I just disagree fundamentally. Like Varane, even though he's been bad, the guy's on what like he's got to be two hundred fifty grand a week. Like it, it's not a sustainable option to have him sitting on the bench for the rest. It's not going to happen. Like he's going to play. And Lissandro Martinez, yeah, you know I'm I'm being harsh. He wasn't terrible. He gave gave away a penalty or what should have been a penalty. It wasn't horrendous, but. The point is, like, they spent a lot of money on this guy in a position where they have two other defenders, one of whom, as I've just said, is going to have to play a lot of games. And there's so many other places in the squad that really need reinforcement. But the bulk of the money that they're going to spend this summer has gone on this guy. I'll, I'll say this in that, once again, whether it's Lindelof, whether it's Maguire, we've seen those two do the business for consecutive seasons. They know how to defend. Someone has gotten them to defend. Get them to do what they used to do. What the club has needed for five years is a defensive <laughs> midfielder. I've been saying this for five freaking years. Get a defensive midfielder who can sit in front and help them out. Because even if you look at Project Restart, when Matic gave us the last amount of Matic that he ever had, it was brilliant also because he would sit, come back in and make a back five whenever they were defending and then move forward. That's what you need from a defensive midfielder to do. And we don't have that because McTominay doesn't know how to do it. Fred is too small. Lissandro, we don't know what he's going to do. We need that position. A young Matic? Kill me now. Just He is tall. I'm just saying, they look very similar. They run the same. They do the similar things. Just kill me now, please. Just oh no! I want to enjoy this for the rest of the season. Oh keep my you alive for a bit. god! Like <laughs> by the way, Chimdi, I don't know if you were on the podcast, but Chimdi and I had a big argument on on the podcast about Ten Hag, and where I said I wanted him over Poch because Poch has no ideas in my brain. But all this Eredivisie thing that he's doing doesn't sit well with me at all. I just worked against Groning. Right? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sit well with me at all. And then I saw the Arnautovic link, and I thought it must be the club being the club and forcing it on the manager, right? I thought, like, this is what they do all the time. And then they said they worked together at 20. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Malasia is Eredivisie. Desandro is his former guy. Frankie is his former guy. Like, he doesn't know. Ericsson, he was there in training with them in January. He doesn't know anything outside of his... You know yeah. what I mean? Like his immediate vision. He doesn't and know. That's where the director of football comes in. Like a manager but, coaches the players that the director of football can bring in. It doesn't have to, like, or at least suggest things that are outside of the manager's scope of experience, right? But our problem is our director of football has decided that one of the prerequisites of Eric taking a job was Eric would run the rule over the transfers. And they suggested things to him, and he said no. And they said, we're going to do whatever you want to do, which is the wrong thing to do. You have to push back a little bit and say, this doesn't make any sense. Like United, United have needed a striker since, you know, last season. So you would have thought, did. yeah. So you would have thought that, they were at, you know, come May, end of the season, right, Eric, here's your list of 
you know, six strikers that we've decided. You, he rejected all of them and said, "Let me ask you uh, something." Alnautovic. Which Dutch striker do you know? Ruud <laughs> van Nistelrooy. There is no Dutch striker, so there is no one to link you with. <laughs> because Eric only knows Dutch. Stri- he only knows Dutch strikers, so there is Ooh. none. I'm sorry. They all they all moved this summer. Yep. Oh, oh, the other one. <laughs> Justin I mean, Kluivert, the one that's not a criminal, deals. according to his club. <laughs> I mean, you could you could have brought Depay Depay back. I'd do it. I would. Oh Absolutely. my god, that would be comedy. No, no, I no, do. please. No, please, I would. would have like you, would, you know what Depay does? He would have three unbelievable world class games, and then it's downhill from there. And then he's on Instagram Wanted. live with Martial. Wanted. I'm linked. I was linked to Arnautovic. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you link you know, me to Arnautovic, anything is fine with me after that. You know what I learned that the best thing about that is that Arnautovic, so Steve McLaren was the manager of Twente first, right? Mm-hmm. And he was the manager there when Arnautovic was accused of being extremely racist to a black player in the Eredivisie. So like, like even that didn't stop them. They were like, no, fuck it. We're going to do this anyway. United fans writing letters upon letters upon letters and cursing out the Twitter admin for the club to say, no, we don't want Arnautovic anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was literally fan pressure. It was yeah. literally fan pressure that stopped that, that stopped that move. But yeah. the pressure didn't, didn't stop them with Rabiot because Veronique is going to kill our team. Like, you guys don't understand if they thought Pogba was a virus. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, man, it's going to be something else to watch. I mean, theater of dreams, no, but theater, absolutely. Um, Speaking of uh, fan pressure, so when when they got Nuno, Spurs fans basically did the same thing. They launched a campaign to not get Gattuso, (laughs) and that worked. So I'll use that as a link. Um, Spurs 4, Southampton 1, Southampton went ahead, and then Spurs just came back and absolutely walloped. Yeah, that, that, that that was a really annoying Sunday morning. I mean, they, uh, they they were pretty formidable. Well, the, the, the most annoying bit for me about Spurs being an Arsenal fan is that the Kulusevsky signing was brilliant. The Kulusevsky signing just hit all the right spots. You know? He's phenomenal. Yeah. And it just, that's annoying. That bothers me. Like, fine, Bentacore, whatever. Center mid, no one cares. But Kulusevsky? Mm. Center mid, no one cares. So hard. Like, like, you know, just only like, the yeah. most important position on the pitch. Yeah, but Kudasovsky gave them something because other than that, what is it? It's going to be Lucas. It's going to be. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. it was one of the biggest upgrades. From Lucas to Kudasovsky, it was one of the biggest upgrades anyone's ever ever done. Like, ever. Because Lucas is a moth in a lamp. Yeah, and, like and he I just think, runs around. Is it, is it right to say Kane and Son didn't score? Did Son score a goal? Yeah, no, they didn't. Um, Son got an assist. Kane, goals, great, yeah, yeah. But I think that's a pretty good sign for that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one one thing that you might have kind of accused them of, even though they were you know brilliant towards the end of last season, was an over reliance on Kane and Son. If they can, you know, Kane and Son are gonna get their twenty goals each, regardless. If they can get goals from other areas of the pitch, they're they're laughing. The simple fact that Rasharlison is gonna be a bench player. And I'm linked to Arnautovic, annoys the shit out of me. Just, just, just a little, because I'm here to project my anger and annoyance, mm. even mm. in spite of other teams doing well. That's that's a def, that's a director of football, Paratici, who's doing work for his manager, even the work the manager doesn't want in Jed Spence. <laughs> like, and and also, by the way, props to Conte on Sessegnon, like mm-hmm. because the the choice was Perisic or Sessegnon, and he decided to go with the young English wingback the actual wingback and my god he could have scored like a hat trick himself you know what that finish on his right that got ruled out for offside was unreal very good kulusevsky was it kulusevsky's ball to him i think it was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. delicious yeah you left for a second and we were just like extolling the virtues of, of that guy he um he looks unorthodox but my god the skills on him the skills on him um where am I going yeah. next? Sorry, man. Going no. no, no, I was going to say it's Spurs also are one of those teams that can have like their high moments and their low moments. And, you know, it's about consistency, really. Like for both Arsenal and Spurs, trying to find a little bit more consistency if you're going to push the, the top two. Um, and I think defensively, I still kind of think about how they're going to do. I know they kind of play three at the backs, so but it's very solid. 
but you know Dyer, I know he's playing well right now, but like, can he keep doing that? And um, what's his name? Davies Crazy. and Romero. Yeah, Romero, like he's a great defender, but he has like a a loose wire up there. Like he can easily get sent off and do some rash tackles. And I mean, I think I thought he deserved a little bit more harsh refereeing this game. Like he had one crazy tackle. Davies, fine, solid, old. Um, but Sessegnon, I don't, I don't think we mentioned him enough in this game. He, well, everybody expected what? What's his name to start? New signing. Parasit. Uh, yeah, Bernie Parasit. just mentioned him. Yeah. Right. Okay. And Sessegnon just kind of, I don't know how you get dropped now. I mean, what is that goal and an assist, or two goals and an assist on that? Uh, goal. Did he get an assist? I'm not sure. Yeah, he, he, he got a goal. He had a goal ruled out for offside. He was he was generally oh, very good, pick, kind of picking up from where he left off towards the end of last season. Yeah, I I don't know that it's going to be a case of dropped necessarily. I just think both of those guys are going to get plenty of game time. Yeah, no, makes sense. Um, Leeds two, Wolves one. Um, Brandon Aronson, I put him in my fantasy team. He got a goal, and then they took it away from him. Can I just say, before I leave, uh, (laughs) (laughs) for listeners, I have to go. And I turned my camera off. I was about to leave when I heard Aronson. I was like, wait, I have to get mine in here. Uh, Alex, that that goal being ruled as own goal was the gods looking down and saying, Alex, you don't deserve anything for picking this guy (laughs) and for your FPL choices. And might I remind you, you are currently last. Mm -hmm. Uh, 20... 18 points behind myself, who is in third, Mohamed in second, 76 points, three points above me, and then Kaushik, who Rache has an issue with, is way above everyone. So, just say, Alex, you don't know how to play FPL. Um, <laughs> work, work on it. On that note, love you. Peace. Love you too, man. See you. I, see, I, I looked at it more as, as you know, the Lord looking down and saying, Bernie, we'll give you this one moment of joy this weekend. Yeah, because he gets not enough here. <laughs> I needed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they, they played, um, I mean, it was, it was an, ex- it was an interesting game. Um, I thought Wolf started really well. Um, but Leeds kind of came back into it. And we talked about this. We talked about potentially this, this season, Leeds playing a bit more to win a game. Yeah. Just provide entertainment. And it seems to be like what they kind of did this game. Yeah, Bamford looked back and informing. As we said last week, who knows how long how long he lasts? But he looks, you know, he looks really good when he's when he's up there. Um, yeah, Leeds just look generally kind of more solid and and competent than than they did previously, right? Yeah, no, that's that's true. And then and I had Harrison, who I think got me an assist, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to keep Bamford uh, fit. Even if he doesn't score or contribute from that perspective, like they, like he, he helps with the build-up. He just helps with kind of that focal point of the team, and I think it makes a big difference when he's playing compared to just having little guys up top who do not do the same thing, like Del Hart or something. He's a good player too. Del Hart is a fantastic player, but very yeah. different player. Yeah, yeah, got a, got a touch of the like. This is hyperbolic, but a touch of the Alexis Sanchez's about him. A anyway, little yeah. stocky, just kind of barrels around. Um, I want to talk about Wolves for a second. Um, a, because Bruno Lage, like lost it. I mean, he and Jesse Marsh had a fight at the end, which I thought was very entertaining. Um, B, because Pedro Neto's back, and that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And C, because they've just loaned Connor Cody to Everton. Now, like I know they bought Nathan Collins. I think he's really good. They've got Max Kilman. I think he's pretty good. And they're going a back four. So they don't necessarily need like three first choice defenders, but they don't have another one. Like if, if anything happens to these two, I honest to God, I don't know. Like I'm looking at the bench and there are a bunch of people who I don't know. And Willie Bolly. Well, Willie Bolly is a center back. Sure. But you're going to rely on that. Look, I always thought Cody was so overrated, to be yeah, honest. I agree. It's just there's no one else there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just don't think he would have agreed to be on the bench. Mm. So he wants to go somewhere where he's going to play. And if you're a center back, or well, if you're really any player and you want to play, you go to everything because you will. <laughs> That's true. So Everton's, we can we can move to Everton now. They lost 1-0 to Chelsea in what may have been the worst game of the week. I mean, it was bad. It was oh, yeah. just very, was very bad. Very bad from both teams. But they, I guess, next week will have Cody in the middle of the back three with Tarkovsky and Mina. Yeah, Tarkovsky did well this game. 
played mm. well ever. He played well. Um, it, it's just everything gave Chelsea a much better game than I expected. But at the same time, we expected Chelsea to be weak and not have a lot of really ideas to break everything down or break anyone down. Um, Sterling, bless him, tried so hard because he just wanted to prove a point. And then all he got out of it was that incredible still photo of Yari Mina. <laughs> it's, yeah, oh, if you no. haven't seen it, you just, I mean, I was watching it live and I texted you guys immediately saying memes incoming in three, two, one. Yep. Like it was just, wait, like if I noticed it, it was so obvious that this was going to be a thing. Um, it's just Sterling is funny, man. The way he runs, just, it's just hilarious. Things happen um, to him. He's like Paddy. Things happen there. to him. Exactly. It's also because he's chaotic, so things happen. Like you're you're in random positions because you're not really in control of everything <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, I, I thought Chelsea were just not good enough. They really were not. There was no creativity. They just got that penalty that Jorginho scored. And th- like we said, we think Chelsea just need to focus on points right now and build on momentum slowly. But we also talked about how like there has really been no improvement in their team over the last two summers. I mean, everybody that they've signed over the last two summers, bar maybe Thiago Silva, mm-hmm. have really not done the business. Chilwell, fine, it's more injury-based, but regardless, hasn't done the business, and now they signed a 60 million Cucurella to kind of potentially play there. They Lukaku's back to where they bought him from. Werner's back to where they bought him from. Ziyech is most likely looking to leave, AC Milan mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Pulisic is a 60 million flop. Like, so many, so much money on no improvement to the score. Yeah, and and like Havertz is good. I like him. He's a good player. I think he's interesting. But they bought him for like ninety million. Yeah, he's lucky I mean, he can kind of play false nine, or else he would have no place in this team. No, I mean they they could have played Giroud and Tammy Abraham up front for the last two years, and they would have got a lot more goals, like a lot more goals. Yeah, agreed. And I, I, I wonder how they're going to improve. I mean, I don't know that the young thing is still on. I wonder if it's just up top. Like, they need. I, I mean, what's his name? Broha came on at the end. Mm-hmm. Rocha, Broha, whatever. And, like, is he going to start games? I I don't know. I We say, and we talked about this. I say this about Chelsea every season where I don't see where it's going to come from. And then somehow it comes and they end up third. But I just yeah. don't see it. It it is hard to see right now. I I mean, if I'm them, I'd probably just stick with with Broja. Like, you could go out and spend more money on another striker, but at this point, you just have PTSD about doing it. And I just wouldn't. I just like go with him, go with Havertz, see how it goes, and then you know, come January, if it if it's not working, then maybe you can rethink it. But right now, I just don't trust them to to buy the right player. Um, they have Spurs next. Uh, on Sunday, going to be a very, very interesting game. That um, generally they have like a total hoodoo over Tottenham, but you would have thought that if there was any any chance for for that to break, it would be now. So we shall see. Uh, Leicester two, Brentford two. Leicester like terrible summer. Haven't signed anyone. Potentially losing a couple of their key players, and then into a steaming two 0 lead with a brilliant goal from the conservative politician slash Manor House Dewsbury Hall. <laughs> Shrewsbury. It sounds so proper. It sounds so eaten. Yeah. Um, and I also think, to be fair, I mean, they did lose to like a De Silva wonder goal in the 86th minute. Like, if the game just continued the way it was supposed to be, Leicester were going to get three points here and everything would be a little bit better. But yes, like that goal was just out of nowhere as well. They did just let him do it, though. Well, it's one of those, you know, when you're like, just go for it, nothing's going to happen here. Kind of <laughs> and then he bends it into the top corner. Yeah. Yeah, um, it'll be, I, it'll be yeah. interesting to see kind of like how they. Um, also, is it just me or is like so many more teams now playing five at the back or three or whatever you want to call it? Like so many are playing with wing backs now. Did Leicester do that? Yeah, Leicester did it. Uh, Chelsea obviously did it. A couple of other teams, like Tottenham, obviously do it now. Like a lot more teams have started to kind of move to that slowly. Yeah, I wonder if it's because there are no good defenders. So just like use more of them. Well, that said, and I think I texted you at the time, I'm so, you know, I have no skin in the game, but I'm so sick of seeing Daniel Amati start for Leicester City. Like this was a guy who was a squad player a few years ago and they've lowered their standards for him, like to let him in the team. And he's just awful. Like he's just A, not a defender. He was a midfielder. Uh, who they've just started playing in defense and B is just bad. I'm like, at least spend like 10 million to get him out of the team. 
please. But that's that's actually very uh, very interesting because usually what happens, like you said, you've got either two very good center backs you play four at the back, or you don't. So you play three at the back, but then one of them is shit. But you just <laughs> but you just like the numbers. Yes. You're like, well, the third guy we're gonna add is pretty shit, but I still feel more confident because at least there's numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you have a full back who you can't trust. So you're like, I need someone behind him. Yeah. Um, yeah like, uh, uh, as, as we saw Nuno Tavares smashing into goal and having a great performance. First game from Marseille. Yeah. You know, played, in, played in the, as a wing back. Oh, uh, Lacazette, golden assist. Uh, first game for Lyon this season. So they, there you go. Just Farmers League. In. Farmers League all over the place. <laughs> uh, Newcastle to Nottingham Forest. No, I mean, who would have thought that Nottingham Forest with a whole new team wouldn't look very good. To be fair, Newcastle also looked good, man. Like, what's his name? Joe Linton. Where is this coming from? Where this is this Joe Linton center mid? Like, well done to whoever made that happen. Um, it was just like, how? How are you looking better than Gimarash, Willick, whoever's <laughs> playing next to you? You just look like the best player in the midfield for them. Um, and look, they have a good team. And you start from the back. You say the names, Pope, Burn, Trippier, Target, Willick, Gimarash, Joe Linton, Maximan, Wilson, Almiron. Like, that is a good That is a good team. And there's still a couple of players to come in. You know, like, that's not bad at all. It's I, not I'm bad. Impressed. Yeah. There's not much depth. I will say that. Also, you mentioned Almiron and included him in the good good team He's bit. And I can't, can't let that slide. Really? Um, nah. I like him. He buzzes mm. around a lot of it. He's better than Ryan Fraser. Yeah, I mean, the bar is on the floor, but yes. Also, Amaron looks like Yoshi. Yeah, he does a little bit. <laughs> but I also have a soft spot because I scouted him from MLS. I know. I, know. I did. I mean, yeah. you got to give me that one. I mean, that was just like him playing in MLS and going, this guy needs a move. He's better yeah. than this. It's true. So, to be fair, we also said it about Joseph Martinez and he's still there. Yeah. yeah. That's, I guess, comfort level. Or yeah. Uh, Manchester City uh, what I really love about this obviously they beat West Ham 2-0 uh, or you know Haaland beat West Ham 2-0 what I love about this is that throughout the summer and we were guilty of it a little bit too throughout the summer countless articles countless podcasts all over the football sphere about like will Haaland adapt do City have to change their game uh, the Premier League is different does he suit their style boom doesn't matter, man. He's he's a machine gun. It's so scary how obvious what he's trying to do is. Like, it, there was no subtlety about it. Every single attack, I watched this game, every single attack, every time a Gundogan or a KDB got the ball, all Haaland did was look at, across the line, stay on side, and just beg for the through ball. He just did it over and over and over and twice. That's exactly what happened. One got him the penalty, and one got him his beautiful goal. And for the KDB one, for the second one, he just put his head... He looked at KDB, made eye contact, saw the space, put his head down, and started running like a train into the space, just knowing it's going to happen. Yep. No looking back, no like, what's happening? No, is this me? And I'm making it happen. And it was frightening how... Like, his acceleration of that kind of, like, looking the shoulder over the shoulder of the defender is scary. He had so much of a head start that he ran. He had time to run around the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. To get it on his left foot. Yeah. yeah. Like... And he didn't even slow down to do it. Like, it was just a joke. It was a joke. And, and you know, he's he doesn't look stoppable. Like, he might get stopped by injuries or, like, maybe City's form in general. But or maybe even, like, mess up a couple of easy chances. I can see that in him fine. Sure, who can't? But in, t- but in terms of, like, if he's on, yeah, yeah. They, they, it doesn't matter. Like, personnel doesn't matter. You could see there was one moment where, was it maybe Foden or Grealish or had it, like, in the box on the left and chipped in a little cross and he ran to this like sprinted mm-hmm. over two yards to the near post and he headed it over but there is not a defender in this league that would be able to physically do anything about getting in the way of that like that he's pass, just so aggressive that pass by the second goal if he puts his head down like that and makes it through pass and then you've got the, the, the kind of the skill of De Bruyne to put it exactly where it needs to be so that it slows down just right for Haaland to not take a touch yes that is literally impossible to defend against if you get it right it is impossible. Yeah. I mean, what would you do? Like, would you play your keeper really high, or you play your defense really low? Yeah, but then he's he's so tall that they're just going to sling crosses. Or in you him, right? you play him off side as much as you can. Like, it's 
the point is he's not the only weapon. Like, yeah, he's the main weapon yeah. now, but he's not going to be the only weapon. I mean, no. you'll figure it out, right? So, I mean, it, on his day, he, he cannot defend against them. No. You just hope that he's having a bad day when he comes up against you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of has the feel to me of, um, you know, one of one of the basketball stars, like a mm-hmm. Jordan, like a LeBron, like where if if they want to, they just will. He's gonna turn it on. He's gonna make sure that you turn it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so should be interesting. I mean, I, I wonder. I do wonder whether it will have, um, like, it, it actually had like an effect on me watching it. Yeah, right. You know right. what I mean? I was like. Duh. I just wonder, you know, you know how they talk about teams being defeated in the tunnel when they look across, like it has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. And like West Ham away is supposed to be one of the trickier games for the top teams. And that's already checked off city's list. Easy peasy two zero seventy three percent possession. Thank you very much. <laughs> the possession stats were insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and I don't think city particularly played unbelievable football. They just kept the ball barely were even trying to be that creative. Grealish, all he did was get the ball, pass it back to whoever gave it to him again. Foden tried a little bit, but like they were nowhere near their slick city self. No. And that's scary. And, you know, that's with Mars on the bench, Calvin Phillips on the bench, it's uh, Bernardo Silva on the bench. Like, he actually might leave, you know. 80 million to Barcelona? Yeah, I mean, again, they'll have to pull the, the ninth palanca to do it, but like... This is what I think. I think Barcelona are throwing out these numbers, 80 million, 70 million, 60 million, but they're not specifying currency. <laughs> Yen? Yeah, so they'll show up, no worse. They'll like show up and they'll be like, I don't know, Ugandan lira. lira. And like 80 million means like $3,000. You know what I mean? Mm. Be like, oh, well, you know, you guys didn't read the fine print. Because like, this is, how is this happening? And why is, why is PK taking like, at the hundred percent pay cut, if they can well, sign someone for eighty million, because he literally controls the Spanish FA and like he'll work it out and make it back somehow. That's a good point. He'll make his money somehow. <laughs> I mean, wasn't wasn't there a rumor that Shakira is also like uh, kind of some tax fraud issue? Yeah, well, yeah. like anything connected to Barcelona. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, all joking aside, do you think City can afford to lose Bernardo Silva? Or would you assume that they would bring someone? I don't know who, but Pakatar or something. Can they afford to lose him? Well, in the Senate, well, Gundogan is stepping up. But he's obviously not like Silva. But, like, I don't know. Can Foden kind of play a little more central? Stop playing out wide and Mars can play a little bit more? Can Foden play? Because, you know, I didn't think Foden would play this much out wide, right? I thought mm-hmm. eventually he'd kind of step into the middle of the field. So, could you play Rodri, Foden, and... and and Run. KDB, could you? Would that would mean Foden to be a lot more disciplined, potentially? Um, but you know, does really City need it for ninety percent of the games? Kind of thing. No, like, for ninety yeah. percent, no. I guess the only the only thing that would worry me is depth, which sounds ridiculous when you're talking about City. But if you've got a midfield three of Rodri, KDB, and Foden, then your front three is Grealish, Haaland. Mares, yes. and then who's on the bench? Just Alvarez, basically. Gundogan, Alvarez, um, and then kids. Calvin Phillips for for the defensive mid. Yeah, in terms of attacking, maybe attacking, yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. you lost Sterling, you lose Silva. Jesus is gone. Also, Jesus is gone. You also that means Silva, that means Grealish is playing twenty four seven, like which is not great. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I don't yeah. know. They haven't really signed. Like they haven't really made any. I mean, obviously, Haaland. <laughs> That's the Jesus replacement, fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, I think you need, you potentially need a wide player, like an attacking wide player. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're forgetting someone. I don't, know. I don't yeah, I don't think so. Unless, they, you know, there they could be, you know, kids coming through that we don't know about. Yeah, but what's his name? That striker up top, the tall. Delap or. Delap, yeah. Yeah, or uh, Palmer. There's some guy called Palmer who looks, looks oh, good. Oh, I was um, Palmer, yeah. The, 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 the last thing I'll say on this is that if they do sell Bernardo for around 60 to 80 million, whatever, it would take their summer sales to close to 250 million, which is astonishing. Like an mm-hmm. astonishing amount of money, especially in an era where Premier League clubs are struggling to sell their players. So I don't know. I feel like I've noticed this with these big projects that there's always one year where they go, okay, 
let's make some money back. You know, like there's always this one year of like, okay, I think you've had your fun. Now let's have one summer where we make some money and hope for, not hope for the best in the sense, you know, anything major is going to drop, but like in the sense of like, can you just please deal with one summer without spending 300 million? Yeah. Right. So I think they usually, usually these projects have that one summer of like, let's just recoup a little bit. Yeah. And this might be, this might be the one for city until, you know, majors kind of next yeah, could be. Oil's a bit volatile, lads. We need to rein it in just a touch. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of reining it in, that is an hour on the dot. We'll leave it there. Um, Mohamed, thank you. And uh, we'll do this again in a week's time. Thank you, sir. Uh, have a good night.